0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen! Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover of Yours Truly, Jarrell Mason, where we get inside the entertainment industry with those in the know and give them their flowers while they're here to be celebrated. Right now, I have a young man whose career is currently on the rise, hailing from the great state of North Carolina. Shout out to everybody in the nine one zero. He is managed by Sean Barner. Sean Barner was former bodyguard of New Kids on the Block and. We're gonna talk about his career, about whether he's a Tar Heel or Dookie. Sorry, Wolfpack fans, and everything else in between. Ladies and gentlemen, give a round of applause and welcome to Beyond the Album Cover, Landon. Welcome, bro, to Beyond the Album Cover.
1: Hey, man, hands up for you. I appreciate you, Mister Mason. You uh, having me on, supporting. You know what I'm saying, NC baby. I love it. That's that's always the vibe. So I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, shout out to Sean and Miss Annie. Like you said, I mean that's uh. You know, what's understood don't have to be explained, I guess, you know, as a matter of speaking. So, you know, Sean's Sean's kept it real with me the the whole time, beginning to end. So, you know, it's the least I could do to keep it real with everybody. I appreciate you having me, man. So, NC, stand up. Yes, We're going to come back to that basketball question. Don't you worry, man. Don't you worry. I ain't going to let you get away with it.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, for sure. You know, Hoops is about to hop back up ACC season. Shout out to my boy, Chris Lee, who's the current sports anchor for WREL. We went to college together. So we're going to get into all that and then some. So let's hop right straight into it. So where were you born and how did your love of music first come about?
1: So... I was born on 17th Street at New Hanover Medical Center on in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um my parents then took me out to the country. So childhood was spent, you know what I'm saying, a lot of like, you know, farming the country boy the country boy thing was definitely was definitely real. Um so I've been in Wilmington living actively for probably like going on 8 years now. So you know, kind of moved by the country after a while, but uh yeah, right here in North Carolina, man, born and raised right by the coast. So port city stand up, you know.
0: Yeah, and for those you don't know, Wilmington, a lot of big stuff was shot there. Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill. I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. Pretty much anything that was on WB was shot down in Wilmington.
1: Uh, they did. Uh, they did scenes from Iron Man, I believe, if I'm not quite mistaken, and uh, Robert Downey Jr., if I remember correctly, still actually owns a house up on um, what is it, Bald Head Island, I believe. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of film here, a lot of film, uh, a lot of sets, a lot of production, a lot of money as far as like, you know, the film bringing it in. But they had a big they had a big uh, a big fight, man. There was a whole bunch of people going on strike and stuff a couple years ago. Um, and so it's kind of some of it's kind of dried up, but it's coming back a little piece by piece. So mm-hmm. shout out to the folks who want the film industry, man.
0: Yeah. And also Color Purple was shot down in Wilmington area, too.
1: This is true. This is true.
0: Which is this a classic. Is now, what high school did you end up going to?
1: You're going to laugh at me, but uh, no, nah, I actually didn't, uh, I actually didn't really get to go to a real high school per se. Um, We was, you know, and not only was it country living, but it was also super religious. Like I grew up really, really strict religious. So like, it was a lot of uh, homeschooling. It was a lot of, you know, taking your tests at private academies and stuff. When you have to do your EOGs and stuff, you know, we'd have to go down the road to an academy to take them, you know, um, it was all very religious, and then I went one year, my junior year of high school, to a boarding academy of the same denomination, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, and, but as far as actually going to high school, I didn't really have the high school experience, man, um, I graduated from adult high school when I finally finished everything out at Cape Fear Community College right here in Wilmington, so I was probably the closest thing, and then I just transitioned right into, you know, college classes or whatever after that, so, I mean, it was, it was, I don't know, it was weird, <laughs> it's definitely not like the normal, you know what I'm saying, go to school, be on a sports team, you know what I'm saying, do that whole thing, like, uh, it was, the garden and tend the beans, you know,
0: right? Yeah, that, that real country strong living. I'm from the 252 area, so I know about that living very well. Got a <laughs> peanut and cotton field right next to my house, and right next to my auntie's house and uncle's house. So it's real boonies in the sticks in 252. For uh-huh. those of you that know, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, shout out 259 for real is that that country uh that country job man but i'm i mean I'm, I'm not mad at it you know it teaches you a lot of stuff um you know so but as time went along you know i kind of gradually as i got older and i started taking music more and more seriously i realized that it wasn't a game like as far as what i was able to do and what i wanted to do so it kind of just it kind of evolved out like i wasn't as much concerned with you know what i'm saying like my dad still lives in the country right now if i go see out him, you know i go out to see him it's nothing but nothing but fields you know what i mean everywhere um but I'm out here in Wilmington, got my own, you know, designated studio with my partners at CBT studios and a uh, shout out to Bobby and young Will. And, uh, so now we're, now we're out here doing this music. So yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So what was your first musical memory? Like the first song you heard on the radio that said, I want to do music as a career. And also the first record that you remember buying with your own pocket money.
1: Hmm. Those are good. Oh man. That's, OK, wait a minute. So with the all right. So with the song, what's important to know about the song is that can be that that first part can be split up into multiple pieces. So the first the first musical memory that I have is singing on stage at like six or seven years old, singing Jesus loves me in front of like a church. You know what I mean? So they were I was I was on that like real, real young performance. But then there's a defining moment, like a song I heard that made me want to um, that made me want to pursue it made me want to be at the time you know it was just a rapper i didn't really care about singing at that point in time i mean it was a hip-hop song i'll keep, I'll keep it a thousand the whole reason my name is dirty f white like on all my social medias because i'm a wayne head man Lil wayne was the first song that i ever heard of hip-hop in my life i was at church too <laughs> and my friend my friend john came and he sat next to me and he put his earbuds in my ear he like looked both ways so my parents wouldn't see it and he put his earbuds in my ears he's like man look you know listen to this and it was uh that little wayne song georgia Georgia, you know, he remixed it and uh, was talking about Katrina and the way that, you know, uh, it was handled and governmental, you know, political stuff. And I was shook. I was like, this is the greatest song. And I listened to Georgia so many times. Um, but at that, that was the defining moment as far as like, hey, I want to write rhymes. You know what I mean? Like that, that was powerful. What just happened and I want to be a part of it. Um, but then like, as far as you're talking about. <laughs> so the first musical memory and the and the first song was definitely definitely two different things but wasn't there a third part of the question
0: yeah what was Uh, the first album that you remember buying with your own money
1: yeah 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 that's right um oh man i want to say it was i'm it was it was the first i'm not a human being it was the first by wayne the very the very first one yeah uh uh-huh pop All the balloons and spit in the punch, right? Right by you found, see a foot in the trunk. Yeah, that's yeah, that was Wayne. That was like that was back in that when, when, when was that? That was probably like 2010, I want to say it came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing you mentioned, Wayne, he was around. 14, 15 years old when he got his start with the hot boys, you know, get it how you live. And then the guerrilla warfare album, and then his solo albums, the black is hot, the cop, the Carter yeah. and everything that come out after that. And it's, and it's amazing to see how the South has really risen in terms of hip hop, you know, with everything come out of new Orleans with cash money, no limit out of Atlanta with so, so deaf. Memphis, A ball, MJG three, six mafia, Miami, Uncle Luke, and uh, Luke Records, and then, of course, Houston, UGK, Ghetto Boys, and everything come out of Rap-A-Lot, Jay Prince. So what was your take on everything that was coming out of the South and then realizing, hey, we don't have to be in LA or New York to make it? You know, Outkast and all those other acts I've mentioned show that you can be true to your Southern roots and people will find it authentic. And how does that apply to you and your music?
1: yeah no that's and that's a good question that that's a good question it's deep so it was a lot of well for me I feel like it wasn't from it wasn't as comparative at the time as you're as as we're about to make it but like it you know when I when I first got into Wayne that naturally just by association led me to a lot of the people that you were talking about led me to Andre 3k you know what I'm saying led me to Ludacris led me to TI led me to a lot of these cats that were like I didn't know it because I, or, or like, I should have known, I guess, but like when you're in the situation, a lot of times you just, you are just enjoying the music, you know what I mean? I'm just here for all the action. Like the, these artists are phenomenal. These people that I'm discovering, you know, one by one, as I was like younger and going through the stage where I'm just discovering mu- new music constantly. And, you know, and when it comes down to it though, I feel like Wayne, what caught me about Wayne was his lyricism. And so even though the South has always had something to say, you know, and there's always been deviations of that same Southern, there was a while like. I feel like the world didn't really take us seriously, you know what I mean. Just as the South in general, as far as making music, it was either Cali or New York was like really where you know where it was going down. But you know, so shout out to obviously all the NC people, you know, J Cole and you know Pete Pablo and anybody else that's from New York that's doing it, you know. Um, but when it goes down to the actual music itself, I think that it's so important that even from the South, you had such a you had such a perfect range. You had people that were explosive, like the explosive penmanship of somebody like, like Wayne, for instance, you know what I mean? There's just had bars and metaphors for days, stuff to keep you mentally entertained. And then you had, like I said, like for instance, Ludacris. I mean, bro, it was a party animal. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was applicable to so many different things. And one thing that I always loved that I loved about Southern, Southern hip hop in particular was we always find a way to bring some soul into it. And that's one thing that I love, like when I was coming up, cause I'm, you know, I'm a guest in the house of hip hop. You know, and I, I had to, I wanted to pay attention and find out, I don't know, it's just like you hear hooks, like obviously now it's everything so, so diluted and you hear a lot of influences a lot of different places, but I just remember distinctly, man, like the South, we used to have the hooks, you know what I mean? Like actual sung hooks, reminiscent of stuff like R&B, like I can't help but keep bringing it back to Wayne. What was that song, Earthquake? Remember Earthquake off of mm-hmm. um, that Carter one? Ah, I'm way more fly than you. I was like, stop playing! And it was just—it was the coolest thing to like see to see that you know the poetry infused with the with the soul, and it all just came together, man. Shout out to southern hip hop, but then also you know you got you know the whole chopping screwed thing that was coming out of Houston. That's something that I don't think like anybody has done the same. You know what I mean? Like there's been some people that have tried, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say, I would definitely say Wayne, you know, as far as pocket money, Wayne, I've spent more money on his albums than probably, probably most people.
0: Yep. Putting money in cash money. And they still taking over for the nine, nine in the 2000. If you know, you know, that is our generation's version of Doodle Brown. As soon as Juvie says that you run into the floor and ladies start dropping in like it's hot. But the one person out of N.C early on that I felt put us on the map statewide, hip hop wise was Ski Beats. Cause you know, with everything that he did with um, Original Flavor and then Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt, Camp Lowe's Uptown Saturday Night, and just seeing from the fact that Ski Beats was from Greensboro. And it's like, oh, yeah. snap, you know, he is on the map because at this same time, Jodeci was also putting NC on the map on the R&B side of things. You know they're from right outside of Charlotte, and then you know everybody from that tree with Fantasia, then later Anthony Hamilton, and it's just crazy how now NC is starting to be respected and revered musically with, like you mentioned earlier, J Cole and also uh, Rhapsody, and uh, can't forget a little brother as well.
1: So with that being said, though. With that being said, though, I feel like North Carolina for a long time we had singers, you know what I mean? Like for a long time. But so what about so then how does the baby fit into all of this? You know what I mean? Because he's a rapper's rapper. Like that's that's a whole different, you know what I mean? Do you think do you think he's do you think he's earned his spot to be yeah. on that list?
0: Yeah, I think the baby, you know, he's been putting out product and doing his thing, and he's still got a good little ways to go. A little fun fact for those of you that don't know, the baby. Went to UNCG for a good little bit. He uh, went maybe a year or two after I graduated. But it's crazy how when you look across the state, it's very diverse musically. Because if you go to the 252, they have a sound. You go to the 910, got a different sound. 919-336-704-828. And it all meshes and and it goes to one big melting pot. And NC overall is a diverse state where we can just say, hey, we're known for more than just Texas Pete, Pepsi, and the home of Michael Jordan.
1: <laughs> and what is it, uh, Cheer Cheerwine's from here too. Okay. Yes,
0: which is the greatest invention ever. If you never had Cheer Wine, mm-hmm. you gotta have it out the glass bottle and you gotta go to a cookout, primarily on the rough side of town and get you a $5 cookout tray. You'll thank me later.
1: Okay i'm with that see i've had chair wine and i've had cookout but i don't think i've ever had the two at the same time so that's yeah no doubt well hey so okay wait a minute now before we get too deep into nc stuff like so are you a vinegar barbecue guy or are you a sweet barbecue guy
0: man i'm from eastern north carolina i gotta go with the eastern based barbecue so for those of you that don't know in north carolina you have two different variations of barbecue there's eastern carolina barbecue where it's more vinegary-based and you have the pepper flakes and the barbecue. But if you go to Lexington and pretty much the western side of the state, it's called Lexington style or western style, where it's more of a ketchup-based barbecue sauce. But both are, both are very good, but my eastern Carolina barbecue bias is through and through, eastern all day, every day.
1: Hey, look, I had a, I got a, I got a homie that moved down from, uh, I got a homie that moved down from Jersey and he came down here and he was just going off on me one day. He's like, you guys, what is wrong with the barbecue down here? I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> He's like, no, man. He's like, this isn't barbecue. It tastes like vinegar. And I've never, I didn't know any different. Like I knew that sweet, you know, sweet barbecue had origins in Texas and i tra- you know, obviously had it before, but when you go to an actual, you know, like a cookout, like somebody's granddaddy cooking. You know what I mean? Most of the time, it's a vinegar-based barbecue, and that's just what they own. Man, he's what is this shit? I'm like, man, it's good. Man, eat some. And I converted him. He ended up being like, all right, it's you know, it's not too bad. And he would eat it with us. I'm like, yeah, man, you got to you got to hit.
0: But yeah, and you like, know about them, play. all about them pit pickings. You got to get there super early, or to those little hole in the wall spots. Small town, go a little bit outside the big city. Get there early though, because when they run out of meat, that's it. Oh with over with. It's a wrap, ain't doing man. Yeah. You're making me hungry, yeah. but let's go ahead and let's switch back to the music. So, what led you to wanting to take music seriously, and what is your craft as far as songwriting goes? What comes first, the hook, the bridge, the the melody, or verses?
1: Okay, all right, a two parter. So, well. I would probably say it's kind of the first one's kind of hard to answer it's just been like a gradually creeping feeling like as far as like knowing the music was because for years um, as you know I'm, as I'm sure a lot of people do I did music as full-time as I could you know what I mean but never really shared it with anybody per se people that were around me knew that I did music and you know gradually the word would spread and people knew about it but I wasn't saying a word about it myself you know what I mean like for years because that was back in the days where I was still young enough I'm talking 13, 14, you know, I was playing in church, performing in church, performing at little festivals, anything that I could get my hands on at that age, you know what I mean? It was appropriate. I was going to those things, and I was I was performing, but, like, as time started going along, like, I realized that it was way more useful for me as just a, just an emotional, psychological, subconscious thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. Music
1: is medicine, so when you, you know, when, you, when you're able to write, when you're able to get shit out of you, you know, it's just, it's a wholesome feeling, so, what I ended up doing was kind of like as, you know, time gradually progressed, like I said, I got introduced to hip hop. So immediately I just dove into writing rhymes. And there was probably a period of time between the ages of, like I said, maybe 14, 15, all the way up to when I was 19, when I actually first stepped in a booth. And so from then I had plenty of time to live my life, do what I wanted to do. But the one thing that I didn't ever stop doing was writing. And so by the time I got to the spot Everything happens for a reason, they say. I don't know if you believe it, but by the time I got to the spot where I had access to a booth and to a studio, I was still shaky, but I was solid lyrically. Like I like I had practiced I had an idea of what was going on poetically. So I get in there, I start going hard, um, you know, trying to learn. And that was once again a period of probably two or three years, refining, trying to figure out what my sound was, what it, you know, what was I doing. Um, you know, did a whole bunch of experimental stuff. Um, and still to this day i'm extremely diverse and i do you know pretty much every genre there is i don't some of it doesn't get put out but you know i definitely play the field a little bit but i don't know i just discovered that as time went along and especially as i started to sing more for people that was the most applicable thing and once again shout out to you know management um mr bonner mr sean bonner because when he came on you know and, and and saw what was going on this is you know you're looking at me however long later with the experience that i've had and the time that i've taken to promote my own self you know and 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 try to do what's right as far as progression and he's going to take that singing and do something with it that's his goal mine. that's what he's going to work on and push you know is that singing part because for years like i said i just rapped and i didn't care about singing at all and it took the prodding from several people around me like man come on will you please do some song music will you please sing r&b will you please sing soul will you please sing something um so anyhow i hope that answers the first question i kind of it was just a gradually creeping feeling like it, there wasn't any one day when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this for real now. I just gradually progressed. And as it got deeper, my conviction got deeper. My love for it got deeper and it just went along. Um, but then as far as like writing, man, that's that is so contextual. That second part of that question is so contextual. I mean, there's been times where I've sat down and composed an entire song off of one guitar. Lick. Like I'll play one little thing and that'll just open up a, a Pandora's box of random ideas that all get put together and everything works. And then there's been other times. Like, for instance, uh, I wrote a song that was completely poetry, had no melody to it, had nothing. It was just a set of poems or a set of, you know, a set of bars. And I kind of dissected it and pulled it apart and later ended up finding a beat that made sense with it. Um, majority of the time, I would say, though, hook-based, since I've taken, you know, since I've taken songwriting as serious as long as I have, hooks is what sells. You know what I mean? That's what brings you back to the song. That's what, it's got to be catchy. It's got to hit. There's certain parts of it that have to appeal and it's got to be, it's got to roll off the tongue. So it makes you say it, you know. So there's a ton of, there's a ton of options there. It's always got to start with the hook though, majority of the time. Even if I write a set of bars and I'm like, wow, this is a great set of bars. I'm not going to do nothing with it until mm-hmm. I figure out how it makes sense with something that would be the equivalent to that. You know what I mean? If I'm going to bring that to the table, like, hey, I got some bars and no hook. Well, I mean, that's cool. But, you know, the hook mm-hmm. is what you repeat. The hook
0: keeps, yep, keeps, that- you know, keeps people coming so. Yeah, that's your ear candy and that's your money. So I want to know personally, how is the music scene in Wilmington and is there a lot of collaboration between a lot of the artists within the local music scene or is everyone kind of like to themselves that it's not really a lot of collaboration?
1: I would say it's more that than it used to be, if I must be honest. Um, when I first started to take the promotion part seriously, as far as my own career, um it's probably been five years now maybe not even four and a half years almost five um and i started going out you know as any budding artist would do and booking shows trying to figure out where were the open mics at trying to figure out where were the shows the people that needed openers, the slots you know so i started going out and i started paying for all these placements and getting all these shows in front of all these people and doing all this stuff and people started to realize that i was a I was a solid rapper like nobody had complaints you know what i mean like go on stage and you spit your bars and there's no there's been no problem rapping but then like I noticed that there was a period of time that in Wilmington, everyone collaborated. Like every show, all the rappers were dapping each other up. Nobody cared if it was you know, Crip or GD or you know, whatever. Everybody was dapping, everybody was cool, everybody was collaborating. And then it's like something happened to hip hop in Wilmington. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just irrelevant and off the scene. You know what I mean? Like let's give everybody the credit, you know, the, the credit they deserve. But, like, it seems like it has kind of fallen off a little bit. Like, in Wilmington, there was consistently – there was a hip-hop show every weekend for, like, a couple of years while I was taking it seriously because I was in that scene. You know, so I was catching these shows, and now I just don't see very many shows. Obviously, the pandemic didn't help. Like, let's, let's be obvious. But, I mean, like, even before then, you know, it, it definitely seems like it's less, it's less than it used to be. Um, that was one thing that I really dug about, you know, Wilmington, especially Wilmington, man, of all the places. Because it's still going on other places. I go to Raleigh. I still see the same clicks. You know what I'm saying. I still see the same people moving around doing shows. I still see the same tickets and the same people rapping. They're still out there, but in Wilmington, it's kind of like I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of falling off, right? Bit, if I do say so myself, like
0: right. And with Wilmington, it's not that far from Myrtle Beach. Was there a lot of going down to Myrtle Beach and performing on the strip? Because you know Myrtle Beach. If you know Myrtle Beach, popular tourist destination. If you could get a venue at Myrtle Beach. In the money, so was there a lot of back and forth going from Wilmington to Myrtle Beach because you know they're constantly having tourists come and that could mean more ears, more eyes, more dollars?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, there was some. So, personally, I performed in Myrtle Beach a handful of times, probably I'd say, I'd say probably five or six times. Um, but as far as like local people traveling, I think that that was almost know oh, maybe those two things are related you know what I mean like back when I first started rapping and taking it seriously cats from around here were rapping on tickets from around here you know what I mean you would see folks and there was some folks I mean <clears throat> there was some people here in Wilmington that were getting you know twenty thousand fifty thousand I do I know one dude personally who got 150 thousand views you know what I mean just from his city it's been done but I feel like everybody with the with the rise of social media being as prevalent as it is and just like you know, it was strong obviously back then but people are moving around a lot I don't feel like the people from Wilmington are looking for tickets in Wilmington you know what I mean like you're saying they're they're looking for now they're they're, they're looking for Raleigh they're looking for Charlotte they're looking for Myrtle Beach they're looking for you know Miami and Atlanta and places that there's more active stuff going on at least the, that's that's the path that I followed personally so I can identify with it <clears throat> I did shows here in Wilmington really really regularly for probably two years two and a half years you know what I mean like two shows a month probably and garnered you know, a handful of people, I could, you know what I mean? There was definitely some following, but you have to expand. You got to get out beyond your city. You know what I mean? That is one sad fact of life. They love you when you, they love you when you make it, you know what I mean? So if I popped up on NBC tomorrow, you know what I mean? And spit some bars or saying something, then all of a sudden Port City be up in arms like, Oh, that's my dude. <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it definitely, uh, there's definitely some folks here in town that are super solid, and I got a shout out North Carolina, man. We got some hardcore fans. Once people actually, you know, once people actually mess with you, is then it's then it's super real. <laughs> yeah, so super solid, super
0: the- soil, people. super loyal. Yeah. Now, being from Wilmington, it's hard to escape beach music. For those of you that don't know. If you go down to Wilmington, pretty much the North and South Carolina coast, probably coast of Georgia, you're going to hear beach music and you're going to see people doing the Carolina Shag, which is the official state dance. So can we talk about how important beach music has been to the music scene in North Carolina and how underrated it is?
1: I'm going to be 100% honest with you right off to start with. I don't know a whole, whole lot about beach music. I do. I've, I've heard some of it. I feel like beach music is one of those things where, once again, it was a coastal thing. You know, beach music was from Cali. Beach music was from North Carolina. That was the two spots that were doing it. Um, you know, with North Carolina beach music, like I personally know some guys when I was going to Cape Fear, for instance, there was a professor who taught uh, history during the day at the school and then moonlighted as a, a DJ and I thought he was doing like raves or, you know what I mean? What what are you spinning? You know, I was asking him and he goes, oh, no, beach music. There's a huge, there's a huge pull for it. And this guy used to literally go down to these beach bars, Riceful Beach, Carolina Beach, Curie Beach, all these spots. And just play easygoing beach music. Just the most laid back, chill. And people are coming by and just hitting him with the dollars, man. And this guy used to, that was his pride and joy. So, I mean, shout out to all the beach people. It's, it's very low stress music. You know what I mean? Not a whole lot of aggression. Not a whole lot of you know super laid-back vibes which is what the beach is about you know when you go down there that's that's what you're after you know yeah i don't feel like people go to the beach to listen to metal you know
0: (laughs) no definitely something you want to put on when you want to get your drink your two-step on your embers your chairman of the board and all those retro acts from the 60s and mm, your cigar now another music from the south that has been influential in all forms of music. Are you familiar with Southern Soul?
1: I would say so. Like who you mean?
0: Southern you mean? Soul, like yeah. Clarence Carter, uh, Theotis Ely, uh, Marvin Cs. pretty much the records that would get played when parents said go to the back room when they were having their party and the grownups would have their own drinks and it would be the dirty records that kids couldn't listen to until they got older.
1: So with that yeah with that being said I'm pretty sure that my generation pretty sure that my generation had the parents that were playing those songs so like my parents being as christian as I was I didn't get to hear a whole lot of that like it was mainly just gospel and like like a lot of gospel and and, and just choir music choral music you know arrangements stuff like that but everything was religious man when I was coming up so to be honest with you, I probably don't know most of that stuff by name. Like, I'm sure I've heard it because playlists that I have are full of genre, you know, specific stuff. But, like, honestly, with a lot of that, when I first started in, it was hip-hop, and it pretty much, it pretty much just went hardcore hip-hop for years until I finally, like, decided to open my mind and kind of branch out and listen to other stuff. But, I mean, Southern Soul, in, it, in and of itself, regardless of the names and stuff, is something that it's uniquely here. It's something that, you know what I mean? It's something that's taught. It's something I had to learn, you know what I mean? Because you don't it just doesn't pop out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you have to pay attention you have to be able to absorb your surroundings and, you know, shout out to think about how many numerous hip hop songs that I've heard and probably am a fan of that sample things from those exact eras, chop and screw If it's not whatever, you know what I mean? But use, use influences and use stuff from that. So, I mean, Hey, that's Southern soul is, it has to be infused in whatever, even the rock that comes from here, the hip hop that comes from here, the country that comes from here, the pop that comes from here, it all has that unique, they all share that commonality. So the influences are huge.
0: Mm, just wait till you hear Candy look about Marvin Cs. <laughs> That's all I got to okay, say about, say, say about up, that. On one.
1: Marvin Cs. How do you spell Cease?
0: S-E-A-C-E. It is not about licking no candy cane either. I'll just leave it at that and you can let your mind do the thinking. But it's crazy about Southern Soul is that all these acts. They could just tour these Southern states only and just make buku amounts of money and still be good. You know, somebody got a blues festival. We have Clarence Carter. We got TK Soul. We got the oldest Ely male waiters. They can make a good amount of money and just continue to tour without really expanding outside of the Southern US. And that shows how unique, you know, regional music scenes are to certain parts of the country.
1: Yeah, no doubt. North Carolina took that and ran with it, as I'm sure a lot of other places did. But that soul is special down here. I mean, especially like when in Wilmington they do the Azalea Festival. They pull some. They pull some names. They pull some names. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to get on one of these. Trying to want to get on one of these festival slots, man. And because with the soul music, man. shout out to shout out to Sean. Shout out to Sean. Sean Bonner, man. He's getting me. He, he's. We're learning all these covers. All these different soulful acts that he's pulling out. He had, me re- he had me learn some Roberta Flack the other day. I haven't listened to Roberta Flack in no how long. Uh, I pulled up some of her stuff. So, mm. yeah, soul is soul is real. No yeah,
0: and fun fact about Roberta Flack, she's the NC native.
1: I was pretty sure that's what Sean That's what Sean led with, if I'm not quite mistaken.
0: Yeah, Where she's she an from? NC native. I believe she's from around the uh, um, Asheville area, I believe. Okay, nice. Yeah, from the yeah, Asheville yeah. area, uh, Tupac's mom, the late Miss Athena Shakur, from Lumberton. Uh, attorney Benjamin Krupp from Lumberton. Uh, current University of Houston men's basketball coach Calvin Sampson's from Lumberton. And like like I said earlier, NC has just talented people across the board. We mentioned of course the GOAT earlier, Michael Air Jordan. So we're gonna go into a little bit of a. ACC basketball since hoops is around the corner are you a Tar Heel or a Dookie
1: um man I don't know it's hard to it's hard to answer I feel like all my friends are gonna get mad at me no I'm just I'm just kidding I'll probably I don't know i would probably say I'll probably say Tar Heels I'll probably say Tar Heels they have a I don't know i just like their play style it's a little bit more it's a little bit more laid back and precision than dukes i feel like especially recently
0: yeah it's but, gonna be I
1: mean, my mom my mom was the C, so you know what i mean i'm kind of obliged <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt yeah it's going to be interesting this year to see carolina with hubert davis taking over since warry williams stepped down and retired and then this year will be coach k's final season at duke but John Shire had already been named the successor once he steps down. So it's really going to be a changing of the guard for the next year in the ACC. Cause you're seeing a lot of the old school coaches that we grew up on, you know, stepping down and passing the torch on to the younger coaches and NC, as we know is a hoops hotbed. Look at all of the basketball players. That's, out of NC, that's in the league. You got the Curry Brothers, Bam out of Bayo, Kobe White, um, Kent Bazemore out of play, Bertie uh, County.
1: That plays for the Lakers. What's his name?
0: Montrez Harold. We got Montrez Harold. He's it with the Wizards now. We got John Wall. And we just hit Henry, Harry Giles. And we just got a long list of athletes out of this state, basketball-wise, football-wise as well, too. You know, Todd Gurley, and we could go on and on. You know, North Carolina, hoops and football. What more do you love? Now, I want to get into this. How did you end up hooking up with uh, Sean Bond?
1: Oh, that's a good, uh, that's a good, solid story, man. You're talking about fate. Um. So, I had a song and it was called nothing. And I was wasn't sure what I was going to do for a video for it. So ended up coming together with my my homeboy from Big Rags Productions. And we put together a treatment for it where we kidnap a politician and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of political stuff. So I put out a little casting call. I knew that Brent acted. I hit him up, a couple other actors put out a little casting call. You know, he ended up being the one to fill the spot. He said, Yeah, I want it, I want to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. So, I, you know, he came down to Wilmington, made sure that he was, you know, fed and, and, and everything and, and rested. And we went out that day and we shot the video. Um, I ended up meeting Brent. So Brent Gaskins, Brent Moore Gaskins, look him up. He's an IMDb certified actor, too, man. He's been in a bunch of movies. Um, you know, shout out to Brent. He's a real one. Um, but I ended up meeting him at a show randomly one day. But after he came out and acted in my video, you know, we kind of became we kind of became, you know, friends and talked a bit, and he's super cool, and one day, he started texting me a couple months ago. He goes, "Landon, He's like, you know, I got somebody interested. I got somebody interested. I got some heavy hitters talking about you, man, and I'm like, all right, Brent, you know, what's what's, what's going on, and so he puts me in touch with Sean, and I got on a call with Sean on my lunch break one day at my job, and went outside, no shirt on. I'm standing in the yard singing at the top of my lungs, but Sean said he want to hear me sing. let me let me hear you sing what you got so i i lit into one of my original songs and just started singing my heart out neighbors looking at me crazy like what's going on with him and i'm walking around the yard but uh so ended up meeting him later went to charlotte met him and everything dude's a thousand percent i love his energy Um, we're working together on some 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 projects and some maneuvers he's got a plan and I'm, i'm blessed to be a part of it it's really good energy it's been a while since i've been around good energy like that um you know pointing that way so um you know shout out to him Shout out to Miss Ebony. who was a good friend of Brent's. Um, the two of them were who, in conjunction, brought me up. So shout out to Miss Ebony again. I can't say it enough. Um, but yeah, Sean's Sean saw potential. He knows what's going on. He knows the practice and the work that I have put in to, you know, what I mean, put myself out there and make sure that all my content is as quality as it can be. You know, and he recognized that, and that's 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 solid on his part. So shout out to him. But yeah, it was, it was one of those things, man, where you never, you never know, you never know what's going to happen, you know, you never know the connection that you're going to make if it turns into something, or, you know, what, you got to always just make sure you network, make sure, you know, just be real, with you, be real with those, you know what I'm saying, that you come across, because you never know what may happen, so shout out to Brent, man, just met him randomly at a show, now, not only he started my video, but hooked me up with my management, and is tightly, tightly linked in, with you know, a lot of the stuff we're doing, so, right, shout out to Amethyst on TV, you know,
0: right, now. Right. You mentioned staying prepared and being ready because you were on your lunch break from your J.O.B. And it was like, hey, it's all or nothing. I got to push all my chips to the table. Go all in. This is my one shot. I got to do it. I got to hit it.
1: I did. He had me out there singing. Uh, he had me out there singing Miguel <laughs> uh, or Max, no, Maxwell. Maybe it was Maxwell. Yeah. Whenever, you know, whatever, whenever I think is the, way the, the name of the song. Um, yeah, and he had me out there, and it'd been long, it's been so long since I heard the song, I had to listen to it to remember how it went. So I rehearsed it for a second and sang it back to him. And man, I was standing out, <laughs> standing out in the yard, hey,
0: hey, hey, hey.
1: and he's like, Oh man, okay, I hear you, landing you know, and I'm out here in the yard walking around, just yeah, but you, like you said, you get, you know, you get one chance. And if it's something when it's, when it's like, when it's that important to you, though, it's not like he asked me to, to draw blueprints for a house. Is something I've never done. You know what I mean? It's not like he asked me to. He just said, "No, sing me some stuff. Show me what you're doing." You know what I mean? Like, this is this is what you practice for. You know what I mean? Like, this is what you're here for. So, like, yeah, shout out, shout out to Sean, man. He saw the potential. He still does, and you know, and I know he's got it locked down. So, be- right.
0: And Sean had learned from the best, like I mentioned, bodyguard of New Kids on the Block, being around Maurice Starr, that whole movement. Because for those of you that are too young or only know Donnie Wahlberg from acting, or the brother of Mark Wahlberg, New Kids on the Block was huge in the late 80s and early 90s because if it wasn't for them, there would be no Backstreet Boys, no NSYNC, no BTS, none of the boy groups that we see now. If it wasn't for New Kids on the Block, and then of course before them, the template for New Kids on the Block, new edition which who was discovered by maurice Starr, so that's the maurice connection with new Edition and new kids so were you familiar with new kids body of work before hooking up with sean kind
1: of like i knew that they were i knew that they were significant and i know i'm like i knew a couple of the hits you know what i mean like the more major stuff um but he's putting me on to some more of their music um a lot of their stuff is a lot of their stuff is kind of like they're very active love songs you know what i mean so it was honestly kind of a shift of direction for me which was not a bad thing because i enjoy being challenged you know i mean production wise performance wise creative wise and to introduce a catalog like the backstreet boys have i mean come on jordan jordan could hit notes, you know what i mean like let's not play um but it's it was a shift of pace you wouldn't have found you probably wouldn't have found the backstreet boys on my playlist before sean came along and said hey learn these songs but I love music in general. So you can't, you're never going to find me going, oh, no, <laughs> get away from me. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> of course, you know, I just went and learned it. And I played on the live. I played on a live acoustic piano. And it sounds great as a ballad. You know what I mean? Like, if you play it and you just, you know, fill it in and make it go, it goes hard. So shout yeah. out to the, <clears throat> shout out Tom for putting me on some new music.
0: Yeah, definitely, that. And for those of you that have not checked out their 1994 album, Face to Music, criminally underrated definitely check that album out i thought that was new kids best work and also you could catch my throwback interviews with danny wood and maurice Starr on youtube and on beyond the album cover so definitely check those right. out but i also wanted to ask you who is the one artist or group that people will be surprised say man i didn't know landon like this person or group
1: <laughs> oh man i'm i'm really gonna t- i'm really gonna tattletale on myself right now go ahead but uh i listen to pink from time to time
0: Nothing wrong with pink
1: she she's well she's a she's a singer that's that's the main reason. Like I can appreciate, you know what I mean. Like as a vocalist, I can definitely appreciate some of the stuff that she does, and uh, she's ridiculous. And you know, the image, of course, is kind of like, yeah, you know, like I get what she's doing, but I probably would. I say I, say I listen to the ballads too, so I don't. I, I don't even want you all to take. <laughs> I don't even want y'all to take that. Like I listen to King Pink's whole catalog on repeat every day. No, 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 no. But she has some songs like "Beam Me Up," that's really, really good um straight up just piano ballad with some strings really nice um she's got some songs um she's got a song with Eminem too as a matter of fact if I'm not quite mistaken um but yeah no no pink is pink is definitely the guilty pleasure pink is definitely guilty pleasure um another band that I was going to say probably that I would that I would put you on if I could put anybody on I've been bragging about them for years but they're called the winery dogs um you're talking about soul and these these guys aren't from the south um at least not that I'm aware of um but they do they they sing some soul so the winery dogs is a three piece three piece band um it's made up of uh Richie Cotson um Billy Sheen and then uh the drummer from Dream Theater what's his name uh, Mike Portnoy um you know, he's all from they're all in that group together so check them out pretty All right pretty the winery
0: Dolls, definitely got to check them out now I know for me my guilty pleasure I've been bumping a lot of country music lately you know being from the south I know a little right. bit of it to get by but not Deeply steeped in it, like most people. But uh, upon viewing Kim Burns' excellent documentary about country music, I started to dive a little bit more into it, bumping some Kane Brown, some Mickey Guyton, Sam Hunt, Lady A, Florida Georgia Line, Dan and Shea, and how country music is a mixture of all these different genres. And at the end of the day, it's nothing but three chords and the truth. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's fun. Hey, look, that's now nah, that's a quotable. Did you
0: come up with that? You wrote that? No, wrong? no, three that's quarters. not that, that. I've heard that mentioned by a lot of country artists that he says nothing but oh, three chords God. in the truth. Because when I listen to Chris Stapleton singing a Tennessee Whiskey, I'm like, man, this guy's been singing like he's been sitting at Big Mama's knee in the kitchen while she was fixing the made from scratch mac and cheese. You can't hey, tell me Stapleton, he got so.
1: Yeah, no, Chris. Chris Table. Chris Tableton can sing. He can sing. Um, uh, what is uh, what was the one dude from American Idol? I can't remember. He, I'm coming home. Was his done.
0: I'm coming home. Chris Daughtry, who's Come from up. North Carolina yeah. as well. Chris Daughtry? Yeah, he's from North Carolina. Um, Mcleansville, outside of Greensboro, and he has relatives around my neck of the woods in the 252 on the eastern side of the county. That's the nuts. County. I don't think I knew
1: that. Yeah, that's crazy. He that that man's got soul too. So does Zach Wild? Zach Wild. I don't know if you ever listen to Zach Wild, but Zach Wild can can sing his sing his soul out.
0: All right. Now, where can people expect to hear from you as far as projects and performances? Because we know last year everything got put to a halt because of the pandemic, but we're seeing now how everything is slowly but surely starting to pick back up. So, where can people find your current projects, and also where would you be performing if you have any dates?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, appreciate that. The uh, So the first thing I would say about me is go follow the social medias. It's super easy. Dirty F white, all one word, like Weezy F baby. Um, that's all social medias. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, da, da, da. Um, you can go look up my actual music, my discography of studio recorded stuff, as well as some live cuts, etc. cetera. Um, you can just type Dirty White, all one word. That's Spotify. That's Apple Music. That's Amazon. That's Deezer. That's Audioslave. That's I mean, uh, audio Mac, listen to me. Um, if you get the picture. Anywhere that you want to go, Dirty White, all one word. Um, as far as music that I'm actively promoting that I really, really want to shout out, the first thing would be I want to shout out, obviously, nothing. The video with Brent in it. It just hit 11K a couple weeks ago. Shout out to everybody that's been pushing that. Um, go check that out on my YouTube. Once again, Dirty F White or Dirty White, either one you want to do on YouTube will take you to it. Um, then also I have a song called Reckless and Romance. It's more for the ladies. If you know somebody, you know, auntie, sister, whatever, they like that more laid back stuff. Reckless and Romance is definitely a good place to send them on my page. Um, live performances. I'm actually going to be performing on Halloween, the Friday of Halloween night. Um, here in Wilmington, actually the, the building that's adjoined to my studio. So it's called morning coffee house. So anybody that's in Wilmington, if you guys see that, even if you're from out of state and you want to pile in, it's going to be a party. My performance is just a part of it, but I am going to be performing. Um, so that'll be awesome. And then I've got a couple performances lined up here for uh, mid-December. So some bigger dates coming up. Stay tuned for the announcement. I'm going to put out plenty of promo, you know, before it starts happening. To let everybody know where it's going down. But me and Sean got some stuff in the works. So you know what I'm saying. Got to keep moving and shaking. So.
0: Yeah, got to keep grinding. Now I want to know this by you being a native North Carolinian. What is your go-to meal at Bojangles? And if you don't know Bojangles, people, it's better than churches, better than KFC, better than Popeyes, better than Williams Chicken. If you're from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and definitely better than Chester's. Don't ask me. Ask your mama. Yeah,
1: Bojangles. Bojangles rules all. All right, it's Bo time, and it's always Bo time. Um, man, I don't uh, default meal. You're gonna, you're gonna. Mm, man why you asking these questions
0: uh i miss home man i don't i don't get bojangles that much i only get to go home every two years being out in new mexico i gotta get bojangles every time i go home as soon as i touch down rdu i'm like bojangles
1: yeah bojangles is amazing man um i probably spicy chicken biscuit and seasoned fries and a sweet tea Probably would be one of my go-tos. My other go-to would probably be the Supremes, Chicken Supremes with the fixings. And I get some. I get the dirty rice and the kidney beans.
0: Okay, all sweet right. Tea. My go-to would be the three-piece, double fixin' the fries, sweet tea, or the Cajun filet biscuit or salsa, egg, and cheese biscuit with the bow rounds and sweet tea. But this confession right here will shock you, bro. I never had a Bowberry biscuit.
1: You never had a bowberry
0: biscuit? I never had a bowberry biscuit. I was just never inclined to get a bowberry biscuit. But some of my foodies out there know this little hack where you take the sausage from the sausage biscuit and put it inside the bowberry biscuit for some sweet and savory goodness.
1: I did it with uh, I did it with bacon. I did Hmm. it with bacon.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Bacon Uh, and eggs. Bacon and eggs go good between a bowberry. know it's crazy if you really want to get wild with it you know the you know the frosting that they sell with the Uh blueberry biscuits Uh put the frosting on the bacon
0: Mm -mm -mm. lord lord have mercy now another spot you all should check out besides bojangles smithfield chicken and barbecue which is another great spot for barbecue for chicken or like i said earlier Go to a gas station way on the far end of town. You got to go on the outskirts. The more discolored the menu looks, the better the food's going to be. Or you can catch a good Chinese food spot in a food line parking lot. If you're from North Carolina, South Carolina, or VA, you know that to be a fact.
1: (laughs) I don't know why they're always at the food line, man. That is is so true. I never thought about that. It's always at the food line, and there's always like a cell phone repair place. Or, like a little boutique or something right next to it. But there's always the, the one staple Chinese get the shrimp fried rice, get the shrimp fried rice, and get the, uh, or the lo mein and get the egg roll. You won't regret it.
0: Yeah. You regret it. And you'll probably find a city trends somewhere in that vicinity too.
1: A city- or Rugged or Rugged Warehouse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you know who I'm talking about. And then, of course, we got uh, the restaurant that uh, Sweet Baby Jesus himself has blessed, endorsed, and is a Southern staple. You can catch it about every other exit. Waffle House. My go-to at Waffle House is a Texas toast, sausage, egg, and cheese with hash bounds scattered and covered to this day. But, mm. but. You got to go to the Waffle House. Once again, that looks kind of suspect. If the sanitation grade is a C or below, you're going to be safe. And also, if your cook looks a little bit fried, look like he's been um, on God's green grass, if you know what I'm talking about, um, you know the food is going to be extra bomb, especially if hey, you go you after always, midnight.
1: Yeah, you can always tell, too, because the cook the cook, be outside smoking a cigarette.
0: Yeah, that's we you know you your food is going to be lit. You put
1: out the cigarette and he comes inside.
0: <laughs> that, or if your waitress yeah. can call you sugar, baby, honey, darling, or any derivative of that. Because if they don't do that, that ain't it. But like I said, if you go to Waffle House after midnight, it turns into a Ratchet House, kind of like gremlins. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't go to Ratchet House after midnight. If you're all about uh trying to be straight A and... uh. Be straight laced because um, some things go down at Waffle House after midnight, especially if you had a little bit of uh, liquid courage in the system. Drink responsibly, though.
1: And that's everybody. That, that's everybody that be in Waffle House too. Everybody's already drunk. They just came home from the club. They're in Waffle House. They're talking shit. But nah. But on the on the real though, if you go to Waffle House after midnight, it's you can you can go if you want to risk it. That's fine. But just make sure you got your camera out. Because I promise you, your real. You're real will do 50K on, on Instagram if <laughs> you put it up. Yeah. Fights. Waffle House fights, and they're always doing the most.
0: Yeah, risk it all, but make sure you have the heater in the car. And I'm not talking about the one in your center dash console, lever. Those of you that know about the heater, the tool, the burner, because the element will be outside of Waffle House. But you know that uh, you're going to be safe inside Waffle House At midnight, if you know the right people, but you just got to know when to go. When somebody gets up and wants to start bringing that Black Air Force One energy, it's time for you to go. Shout out to Pat Bev.
1: Right, yeah, no, but hey, look. Waffle House during the day versus Waffle House at night, there's no other restaurant that has that. There's no other restaurant that has that wide of a division. You know what I'm saying? Taco Bell during the day and Taco Bell at night it's comparable i feel like you know what i mean but taco bell <laughs> taco bell don't know nothing about no 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 uh they don't know nothing about no hash browns scattered smothered and cap either so you know no. That's too good.
0: yep scattered smothered covered cap top there's there's different variations of how you can get your hash browns at wap house now last fun question before we wrap um how do you like your grits if you eat grits mm.
1: What do you mean, how? You mean sugar versus sh- sugar versus butter,
0: sugar versus butter, cheese, no cheese. I mean, how do you personally uh, like to eat grits if you are a grits man?
1: Yeah, no, I get definitely a grits man. Definitely a grits man. Um, I would say just lots of butter and uh, salt. And if you've got fresh cracked pepper like that.
0: Okay. Now you're going to find this very interesting up until maybe about three or four years ago. I never had grits, even though I'm from the South. I never partake in grits in breakfast because I just never liked grits. So the first time I had grits in my life was I was on my honeymoon cruise and we were leaving out of Charleston and they had shrimp and grits. And that's the only way I eat grits. If it's shrimp and grits, put some bacon bits in there Put a little bit of okay. mild sharp cheddar. Not, not sharp cheddar, but mild sharp cheddar. And then some bacon bits and some jumbo shrimp. Magnet feet. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, it'll make your world a whole lot different.
1: That does sound good. That sounds super good. Yeah, no. I, shrimp and grits is, shrimp and grits always hits. Shrimp and grits, going, I don't think I've ever been to a bad a place where it was like, yeah the shrimp and grits aren't good. Like shrimp and grits are always, they always hit. Doesn't matter where you get them from.
0: Yeah, like I tell people all the time, when it comes to food in the South, if it ain't deep fried, it ain't right. If it ain't that, if the cool, if the Kool Aid and the tea is not diabetic sweet, that ain't it. I want the, I want the, I want the sugar to hit that first sip. Right.
1: (laughs) Need insulin. Hey, look, shout out to North Carolina, man. My my little brother cooks at the Highway 55. Talking about some North Carolina food. Oh, there, there you go how
0: about yeah, the yeah. highway 55 is that is that the burger spot that used to be andy's yep uh-huh. no i'm telling you y'all go to highway 55 dog the burgers bomb lemonade crack the fries crack you will not be disappointed dog highway 55 burgers and fries located in and around the nc area send my check in the mail
1: Hey, I'm gonna show my little brother this too. He's gonna love it, man. That's so funny. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Highway 55 in Delco, North Carolina, man. That they out there, they out there cooking and doing the thing, and their burgers do smack too, Cause my little brother, my little brother cooks out there, and he's that man can cook. Shout out to
0: Max. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, but don't try that Highway 55 challenge if you ain't got a stomach, or bring some friends and y'all can be like, hey man, uh, let's go half and half on this, because if you don't complete that Highway 55, you gotta pay for it. But is eat at your own risk.
1: Yeah, cause that's yeah. No, I've never tried it. I've watched some some friends of mine attempt it. I've only seen one friend finish it. He he got it, but he he didn't feel good after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his whole rest of his day, whole rest of his day was not was not pleasant.
0: Yeah, he was probably sitting on the porcelain throne after that.
1: Yep. Yep, sitting on the porcelain throne. We were in the house with one bathroom,
0: too. That was the problem. That ain't ain't how you do it. If you're going to do that situation, that's where you got to have multiple bathrooms or just put a do not disturb sign on the door because you're going to be in there getting up close and personal with uh, the porcelain throne and uh, you're going to be sitting there for a while. And... uh, The one thing I want to say before we close, man, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have any shouts you want to give before we wrap and also plug your social media?
1: So I want to shout out, uh, Mr. Sean Bonner, first and foremost, man. Thank you, man, for showing faith in me. Thank you for everything that you do. I want to shout out to you, uh, Jarrell for having me on the podcast. You've been, been phenomenal. Um, been a good time i, I want to come back and have another one let's, let's 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 do some more let's talk about some some crazy stuff you know what i'm saying let's get into some old let's get in some old d- discussion and uh, i'm super down for it i appreciate you having me i want to shout out uh you know brent and ebony like i said earlier i want to shout out bobby dollars and cbt my boy young will um i want to shout out my man tvm killer his new project preach is out right now go pick that up preach by tvm killer um go look at my social media dirty f white you'll see links to all my stuff everywhere everything's interconnected all the infrastructure set up you know if you go to one platform you can find me on any um please go check out my music reckless and romance is it like thirty-four thousand? i think right now after almost a year and a half out so you guys please help me run up these numbers we're trying to attract attention we're trying to bring in the good vibes and really bless people that's the whole point is to bless people and you know you're you're blessing me by having me on the show so it's only right that i I shout, you know, shout you back out. So there's gonna be some cross-promotion. Don't you worry. I'm gonna be sharing this episode everywhere. So
0: oh oh for sure. Oh for sure. Shout out to Sean, shout out to Annie, dirty F white across all socials. And then also, too, can you close this out with a little vocal?
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys want you want to hear Reckless and Romance?
0: Yeah, get get get, get, give give the people a little something. (laughs) The razors.
1: The bitter truth is the only way to spare this pain from you. So if I could give you some advice to
0: help you get through the lonely nights, you better disappear, get away from here.
1: Oh, you better run away. While you still have a chance, they should have warned you in advance, now that your heart is in my hands, I understand, or oh, you better run away, Yay. Yeah. I don't know, something slight. Right. It's like a little acoustic rendition. All
0: right. That's for the ladies, ladies and gentlemen. There you heard it and there you have it. My guy, fellow NC native, Landon on Beyond the Album Cover. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. Landon, thank you once again, bro, for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed my big giant glasses. <laughs> and you guys have a great rest of the night, man. Shout out to the podcast and shout out to yourself.
0: Y- yes, sir.